welcome back to the lounge. Now, this is a very special guest today joining me. It's Peter Coots, a retired gentleman from just down the road in Bedfordshire who is doing 80, 480 at 80. And I want to know all about this challenge and his cause. Welcome to the lounge, Peter. Hello, Audrey. So great to have you here. Thank you for joining me. Now, you are challenging yourself with 80 minutes of exercise for 80 days at the age of 80. Tell me about this challenge, please. Well, my wife, Barbara, she was diagnosed with motor neurone disease mm-hmm. um, in July 2020. Mm-hmm. And she sadly passed away in July 2022. Um, she was given really superb support by the MD people uh, at Cambridge. Uh, and I just felt I wanted to do something um, to support them because at the moment there is no cure for MND. Uh, So I thought, what could I do? And I thought, I've always exercised. Mm -hmm. So I used to do a bit of road running on the, and um, did that for years, but I've given up now because um, I started to feel a bit of pain in my knees. So I bought myself an exercise bike and a t- mini trampoline. I work out regularly on those. So I turn 80 in June of this year. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, maybe I could do something on the exercise bike and the trampoline. So I, I've, I thought, well, I'm turning 80. What I could do is work out for 80 minutes a day for 80 consecutive days and I would start that on the 15th of March of this year, which is the anniversary of Barbara's birthday. Oh. And strangely enough, 80 days take me up to the 3rd of June, which is the birthday of my twin grandchildren, Harry and Emily. Oh. So the exercise consists of 40 minutes on a exercise bike, immediately followed by 40 minutes on a mini trampoline, just running up and down on that and uh, I'm hoping my target is to try and raise about 2,000 pounds if I can at the moment I'm over halfway there so we've raised just over a thousand pounds so far which is superb yes congratulations and I I mean I'm so sorry to hear about your personal experience of loss and grief and but what I love is that you are making this into a very positive future thinking challenge and and this is good for your health as well as well as raising awareness and and this is really important you're absolutely right about MND um there is no cure at the moment but a lot of people don't quite understand it do you mind telling us a little bit more about MND and the disease itself, please. Yeah, it's it's an extremely cruel and unforgiving condition uh, because, uh, the, as I said, there's no cure. Mm. And to for someone to be diagnosed, there is just one end yeah. for them. Uh, for some people, it affects the lower body parts and other people, it's the upper body. Barbara had her upper body affected and that meant that affected her arms her hands her fingers she just lost power and lost control she lost 
her tongue, uh, her, she wasn't able to speak uh, oh. or, or swallow uh, and uh, it just deteriorates so that in the finish, a person really requires help 24-7, total support. I mean, Barbara, she was a very fit and active person, did a lot of walking, played squash, played um, indoor bowls, very active, and to she just went downhill and um, slowly at first and then very rapidly the last six to eight months and they become totally dependent on care and support. Uh, and they just can't, can't, I mean, Barbara, she wasn't able, she had to, in the finish, be fed by a feeding tube, which was attached oh. to her stomach. She couldn't eat. Um, she couldn't drink um, anything. Uh, and uh, she couldn't, she lost her power of talking. She had to use a chart with letters and numbers on it to to um, communicate, and even that in the finish became quite difficult because she lost the control of her her fingers and hands, and it, it's just awful to see somebody who has been so active to go totally downhill. Yes, this this is absolutely heartbreaking, and I can hear that. I can hear that sadness, and it's there's a lot of adjustment that has to happen not just for you but for Barbara as well she would have had to have almost I don't mean come to terms with it I don't think it's actually possible but there must have been a real mental health strain as well as a physical health change that you both had to deal with if you don't mind me asking could you tell us a little bit more about how Barbara's diagnosis impacted both of your lives please Probably the main impact um, was that it stopped us going out because uh, we used to love, um, and Barbara used to love eating out in restaurants, going to cafes, having a coffee, going for a walk and then stopping off at a cafe, meeting people, talking to them. She loved to talk to people. She loved people's company. Yeah. So it, it did prevent us from doing this because... Uh, well, she lost the power of walking uh, and and then she also, because she had a feeding tube, she couldn't go out and eat anywhere. Mm. Um, she didn't have the control of picking up a cup and having even just having a, a, a simple thing like a cup of coffee. So that's, you know, that was the main thing. We, 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 we were confined to home, we, we we would go out once or twice a week and catch up with our grandchildren, which she absolutely loved. Oh. But that that was more or less the end of it. She 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 became very um, inward, uh, found it very difficult to meet up with people because she couldn't talk to them, mm. and so we, we ended up more or less remaining at home. Um, I was quite involved with um, indoor bowls or and outdoor bowls and I, I ended up stopping uh, a plan because I needed to, to spend my whole time looking after Barb. Mm. Um, so the, the restriction is that it, it confines you to your own house. Gosh, that's that's really sad and we all know 
how that can feel like as well with with our own experiences of lockdown and so on. And then to have that continue, especially when you have those physical restrictions, when you want to do so much more, it's it's absolutely heartbreaking. You spoke about the care that she received, and this is why you're raising money, as well as raising awareness of MND. Could you tell me a little bit more about the care and the support that was put in place, please? Well, um, I, I was her main carer. Mm-hmm. So I I looked after her twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, it does become quite demanding, mm-hmm. um, and you have to keep focused, be very supportive, be very loving, be very patient. Understand that that person you're looking after didn't ask to have MND. And they just need the the total support. But we also used to go every two to three months to the M&D clinic in Cambridge. Yeah. And we'd, each time we went there, we'd spend a couple of hours and see various people, our nutritionists, we'd see um, physiotherapists, we'd see the consultant, we'd see nurses. And uh, they gave so much support uh, as well, as much as, as they could could actually do, knowing that at the end of the day they had no cure, and all they could do was provide support. But it was it was down to me in in, in the finish, and and um, uh, it was just very very sad to see somebody who like oh we were married for fifty three years to see somebody deteriorate so much, yes, and virtually wilt away. You're absolutely right to use the word cruel. It really is to to go through it, to be part of it, to watch it happen is just horrendous. What would you say to anyone who has either been diagnosed themselves or is supporting a loved one? Because you know that there is no cure. You know all of those things. And, and you're almost starting at a point where you can feel there's absolutely no hope, but there must be some moments that you were able to find through that that perhaps could offer some comfort? Yeah, it's a real tough one, I must admit. Mm. Um, but I, I, I think for the person diagnosed with MND, uh, it's, it's to try and stay as positive as, and hopeful as possible, hopeful that one day there's going to be a cure. Mm. Be patient try and return love and affection to those around you yeah and i think you know that that that's as much as an individual can can hope yes yes i mean for the for for this, for those supporting a loved one again it's it's being patient and being as supportive and as loving as 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 possible um give all the support you can uh, never give up always think that there's going to be a cure and and just take inspiration from from others people such as rob burrows um, kevin sinfield the late duddy weir mm. take inspiration from them and just remain forever hopeful and positive and take each day as it can can as it comes 
What you say is very, very important. And I can imagine, however, it can be very difficult to do when you're in that situation. Was there anything you did yourself to be able to maintain that hope, that patience, drawing that knowledge from other people? Did you you had bowls previously, but you you weren't able to do that anymore, which can be a bit of an outlet. Was there anything particular that you did yourself that you would say, actually, that that really helped at least keep me focused again? I had very good support and lots of love from my son and his wife, uh, Nathan and Sally, and, of course, the, the grandchildren. Uh, they, the, the grandchildren, who will they'll be 13 in, in June, oh. uh, they just love their nanny, and they would give us such big, big cuddles every time they saw her. Uh, even Harry had a little dance routine he used to do with, with Barb, although she was very, very hard to move around. But they were, it was just loving. But to have that, that support and be able to speak to them and talk to them honestly about how I felt, how, what we were trying to do, and that, that was so, so important to me. You've actually just raised a very good point there about children and you were able to talk to them and explain the process and the situation to them, obviously in accessible language. Again, what might you say to somebody who has to explain MND to a younger person? Again, just try and understand that that person didn't ask to be as they were, look after them, give them love, knowing that someday in the future we'll catch up with them again. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with me. And how do we donate and how do we support you in your cause? Well, we've got a um, a website. Uh, It's www.justgiving, which is all one word, dot com, backward slash, Mm -hmm. Barbara with a capital B, Mm -hmm. hyphen, coots with a small C, Mm -hmm. and that's C-O-U-T-T-S for sugar. Lovely. Thank you so much, Peter, and thank you for sharing that. I know that must have been very difficult for you. Do you have anything else you'd like to add before we finish? Any any words of advice, any thoughts, anything that you would like to, to say? I just think that anybody who is able to, to support the MND Association for their research to find a cure, there needs to be a cure. Um, there, I understand there's six people every day in the UK are diagnosed with MND. So that's 300 families, over 300 families a year going through the same pain and devastation that myself and my family have gone through. And if we can find, if there can be a cure found, that it would be so great. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today, Peter. Thank you. And that's all we have time for. But if you'd like to find out more, do go to my website, which is www.draudreyt.com and check out my articles, which give you practical tools to live your best life. Or 
you can go to my YouTube channel, which is Dr. Audrey Tang, Tools to Thrive.